Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 12 years, 11 good ones, and have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five, and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and a real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Well, we're excited. We're excited to be with you. You know, last week we spent a lot of time talking about 1440, talking about our, our, our minutes, where we spend our time, uh, the quality of the time that we spend. And this week we're going to talk about the speed of trust. It's, it's one of my favorite topics. You know, last week I talked about I was learning uh, that teamwork is everything. And this is one of the foundational components, I believe, to high-performing teams is the speed of trust. And so we're excited to talk about that. So last week, John shared a little story of me texting back quickly. Speed. And you mentioned the speed of trust. So, John, what's your definition of the speed of trust? I think the speed of trust is, is one of those things that comes over time, you know, that you, you, you operate at a higher level of speed as you, as you gain time and experience with one another. But the speed of trust really is that as soon as, a, as somebody needs something accomplished on a team, uh, that it gets accomplished, that there's no, there's no necessity for a lot of dialogue, conversation, et cetera. And, and sometimes you, you watch this operate uh, in, in marriages, that are high performing and in teams that are high performing and certainly in sports is a great microcosm for the speed of trust. It is maybe the number one competitive advantage in terms of teamwork that I've been able to identify. I know for sure that the lack of trust is the number one killer of teamwork. That I know for sure. And I've worked on, on high performing teams, moderately performing teams, underperforming teams, teams that just can't get anything accomplished. And, and one very important denominator that, that, that has to be looked at is trust. And so the speed of trust looks like speed of execution and how fast that you execute on, on a task goal, uh, objective thing that needs to be accomplished um, within a team framework. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're, when you're working on a team and things just seem to be clicking well and you're kind of flying through stuff, but sometimes I think the speed of trust you can actually see a lack of trust easier. Yeah. So like, like maybe if you have kids and you're interviewing a babysitter for the first time, right? there's like that sense of hesitation or that sense of, I don't know if it's hesitation or just the sense of questioning that you'd have, they haven't quite built that trust up with you yet. Right. And so you have like, you're slower to allow them to do certain things. I remember when we had our very first nanny, um, I knew that she was going to be a great person and that I knew that she would be great for the kids. But for example, I, sp- I said right away, no bath. Right. No, don't, give, right. <laughs> don't give my baby a bath. Definitely don't take him in the car. <laughs> and don't take him in the car. <laughs> yeah. Like there was that trust that had to be built up with her before I would allow her to give my baby a bath, which they desperately need. They need baths. Right. Um, or take them on ac- activities outside the house. Right. And, and, and so, so what happens oftentimes is, is it takes time. You know, I remember there was a kid, uh, he was a sophomore at Bothell High School, and, and I, I was leading Young Life at the time. 
And and one of the ways I love to develop rapport with kids is just to connect with them in some way, shape, or form that, that they can identify with. And we had been to Uganda a couple years previously. And in Uganda, uh, we took a picture uh, at this Lions Club sign. Uh, and, and I was serving on the Lions Club board at the time, still am. And, and so they had participated in helping us get to Uganda. So we took this picture for the Lions Club sign. And underneath the Lions Club Masaka, uh, there in Uganda was this sign that said, speed and AIDS kill, drive safely. <laughs> speed and AIDS kill, drive safely. And so Adrian and I, you know, we took this picture, uh, you know, smiling on this dirt road in this in this spot. And I'd show it a lot of times to kids who, who were fast. And so we're at a track meet and uh, Ryan... Uh, was his name and I and I and I'd never met met him before and and so I, I go hey Rye Rye I go speed kills <laughs> and he's looked at me like yeah that's cool you know that's cool but then the same thing like you said with this babysitter we start to develop a relationship uh, over time and we we watch him fly around the track and 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 uh, so still to this day and he's now uh, he's now running, he ran track at the University of Washington, and, and now he's down in Texas uh, finishing out his collegiate career. Uh, but I'll say speed kills, and he'll go, always. And it's just this, this, this recognition uh, of one another, of, of the, the fact that speed is important. And again, time is finite. And so often, um, the difference between winning and losing will come down to uh, very small margins. And so, so I think it, you can even expand this speed of trust uh, to the macro, which, you know, really oftentimes comes down to, um, you know, really believing in what you're doing and paying the price. And that is why it matters that we really understand the mission that we're on so that we can get on the same page in a common value structure so that we can fly down the field. And one of the things that we have to be willing to do with this belief in the price that's going to be paid is we have to be willing to make mistakes at high speed. That's what I talk about. I talk about action over planning oftentimes. I talk about, yes, let's have targets. Yes, let's have a mission, though, first. And then let's set targets, and then let's take action. And, and, and that action and, and learning you know, is going to be the way in which you're going to get down the field the quickest. And, and so you have to, in that, inherent in that, be willing to take losses. You have to inherently need to be willing to get beat up in the ring. You know, uh, I love this quote by Teddy Roosevelt that talks about the man in the arena. And it says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the high triumphs of achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. It is easy to find a flaw in an action or an idea. It is much more fruitful, however, 
to take action and learn from our results. And that's the speed of trust. Yeah, I think some of our slow, the slowness to trusting comes into some of our biases. And so I would encourage each person to think about what are the biases that they might have that is slowing down their speed of getting to trust. So whether it's, you know, time or experience, do you value time and experience in an activity? Do you value education? Um, gender, sometimes someone's gender will speed up your, your trust. So really think about what are the biases that affect you? My family was really big on education. So that was a bias that a bias that I had to overcome at work because I have a lot of friends at work that are rock stars and they don't have, they might not have a college education. School of hard knocks. Yeah. And so that was something that I had to recognize and understand that I didn't even realize that I had a bias around a lack of college education. It was just something that my family valued so much that it became a bias in my brain. And I had to work through that. I had to get around that. So I really urge you and encourage you to really think about what are the biases that you might hold that may slow you down from being able to be the most productive team member that you can be. That's so good. That's so good. You know, I I remember a guy used to talk about, uh, you know, he didn't didn't want too many, he was the other way. He didn't want too many people in his organization that were scarred by education. Mm. And so uh, the biases can go in in both directions too. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times our our experiences and the things that we see um, growing up, we we really got to analyze and look at. And then this, that goes back to, remember a podcast we did uh, a little while back on perspective, Mm. right? This idea of of the story we tell as opposed to, to just taking information and executing on it. And, and, uh, it is just flat out. It is flat out going to get you down the field faster and it's going to take a level of faith and belief. And again, you have to believe in what you're doing. That's what Teddy's talking about too. He, he's, he's not just saying get in the ring and get your ass kicked over anything. He's saying, get in the ring over worthy causes. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so be mindful that, like we talked about last week, where are we spending our time and our energy and is it a worthy cost? But once we've landed on that, that is, I believe, so often the difference between winning and losing is the ability to stay excited for for months and months and years and years and, and, and decades and decades for as long as it takes to get where you're going toward a worthy cause. And so. I love that. It's good. And be conscious of our biases. What other things do you think slow teams down in your experience uh, from, from operating at what I call this speed of trust? And this is a huge deal. And then how can you get it back when you notice it? Yeah, I mean, I think le- when you have lots of leadership changes in an organization, for right. example, so lots of leadership changes I feel like can just cause fear, build fear in people. Um, I think understanding and recognizing what are the fears that you personally struggle with you can't change anyone else right so it's not like I can just make somebody else more trustworthy but what I can do is I can understand what are the things that I get scared of or that I am afraid of and then therefore what do I kind of hesitate around or tend not to move swiftly with I also think it's important to recognize that lack of lack of speed of trust does not mean don't ask questions it doesn't mean that there's not other ideas and that we don't still get to share and voice our ideas. It's just a matter of once we've gotten to a point, you you plow forward, and you have to recognize what are the when do we ask questions and when do we don't. Well, let when me tell we yeah totally. I'll tell a great story on that. Two thousand three, I was duck hunting with Colonel Odell, 
and and uh, we're we're duck hunting, and it's getting later in the day. And and he goes, file, file, move the boat around. And uh, he's a retired Air Force colonel. And I looked at him. I go, why? And he looked at me like I had lost my mind. And he goes, people get killed asking why. Move the effing boat around. And I quickly moved the boat around. But then I thought about why the mentality, why did he have this mentality? Uh, this idea of people get killed asking why. And and so I, I had to wrestle with that. And and it, it did dawn on me as I watched. Uh, I've seen this, this indecision to to do the thing that is needed to be done at the moment in which it needs to be done over and over and over again, right? And, and I've even been in that spot where I'm like, oh, I should say something smack, we're in an accident, right? I mean, remember the time when you and I were driving and, and you thought I was just kind of playing and, and oh, I wasn't he, we playing. Were, <laughs> we were pulling up to a stop sign, oh, a yield sign. It was a yield sign. And he was telling me about an accident that he'd been in at that exact same location. Four months previously. And he was saying, well, I was here and I was looking left and I was looking left and there he is looking left, looking left. And then he says the car in front of me, I thought the car in front of me went and then I went and smacka. And he does the exact same thing. I thought the car in front of me went and then I went and I'm like, well, don't do it again. Don't do it again. And smacka. For some reason, I could not get stop out of my mouth. You you know, and, and that is so good. Like that is the, that is trust of he's got to be kidding here. He's got to be joking. He's going to stop. And then true story. I I hit the same, I hit a car in the same exact spot. It's probably 2004 in the same exact spot and the same exact yield sign. And the thing that still to this day torques me off is like, nobody should ever stop there yet. I should be smart enough to know. I just did this four months ago and I'm talking to Adrian about it now. (laughs) But that's but that's trust. Adrian, what you have to know is who's who's good at what too, right? Adrian and our family is is light years ahead of me when it comes to navigation. Uh, I got my grandpa's genes for the inability to find my way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, <laughs> GPS was the greatest thing that ever occurred in my world. Like it is, an, it is came down from the heavens themselves like I could slice my own bread people are like ah it's the best things than sliced bread no it's better than sliced bread I can slice my own bread it is the greatest thing in the world in my world because you know I remember I was delivering I was delivering a t-shirt order when I was 18 for for my uh, uncle Don and uh, my cousin I guess he's old enough to be my uncle uh, he married my cousin but my my cousin Don and and I'm going the wrong way across the 520 bridge in rush hour traffic when I should be going to Redmond and I'm heading to Seattle and I am screwed I am not going to make it and I realize I'm terrible with directions and so I know Adrian is is really good with directions matter of fact uh, our kids so far are better than me and so we can be driving down the road and Adrian can go take a left here and I can think in my head like no I feel like we should go straight or right but I'll just take the left because it's, it's just the best bet for us. It's just the best bet for me to just take that direction and then know also this, right? If I'm not always going to get it right. If yeah, Adrian's not always going to get it right. And if it's not actually a left, she's going to learn from that. And so you, there's gotta be not just the trust to take the actions and to, to execute, but there's gotta be the trust that man, if it doesn't work, 
if it doesn't go our way, if it's not the result that we intended based on the, the, the action that we, we wanted to take, that we're going to learn from that. And then the second thing I think that you've got to have in terms of teamwork in this area and the speed of trust in this terms of act, taking action and people get killed asking why, is you have to have this, this complete belief that there won't be any collateral damage. And, and what collateral damage looks like often is, I told you so, right? Just the simplest form of collateral damage is the relational strain of like, hey, I told you so. Like, hey, you Dumbo, I told you we shouldn't go that way. And we went that way and it didn't work out like like the I told you so is is a killer to the speed of trust, because what it does to the person who who constantly hears, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, is it slows them down because nobody wants to hear. I told you so. Nobody does. And so I, I try not to do this to our team members uh, in a way that that's anything but helping us learn. But I've been, uh, I've done it. I've done it. I know I have. And and so what is it that causes us to say, I told you so? Pride, right? So now we're back to the ego, which we talked about is not my amigo. And we're back to how do we have sufficient humility to just trust and love and fall in love with the process of going towards the things that matter to us and going towards our mission. It is... You know, it must have been about five years ago when when we talked about this philosophy, love the process um, as kind of our mantra as a family. And and nowadays, because of, I think, really some of the technological innovations, people are, you know, they're everything's so quick, man, I've got a better opportunity, man, I got to do this, man, I got to do that. And so people people are so quick to quit on things that we're lacking trust. And, and we ultimately don't follow the process. And so this concept of loving the process fits so squarely into the speed of trust. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree. And I think it can be easy to be, if you're in a leadership role, it can be easy to get frustrated that maybe you feel like your team isn't trusting you well enough. And so really at that point, you need to turn it back around to yourself and say, what am I doing right. that is breaking that trust? And so am I micromanaging in a situation that my team has full capability to be able to execute without my, my direct oversight for something, right? Do I need to let go a little bit? Am I not having the courage to be honest about some of the improvements that my team might need to make? Some of those hard conversations that actually lead to authentic, real conversation around how to improve and how that team member can be a, a great team member. Those can conversations say, can yeah. be hard. Can you say more on that? I think I think right now this idea of the necessity of authenticity, vulnerability, uh, being real, keeping it real, etc. I think it's platitudinal in a lot of ways. Meaning it's been it's been said a lot in on its face. But what do you what do you how do you see that actually in space? Like the the ability to be transparent or to to address weaknesses of the team or of my own leadership I think you know sometimes uh, is is part of it but how would you see that playing out in the workplace or at home or yeah I mean perhaps during one-on-ones if you're the leader like having the courage to be able to identify specific areas to improve instead of saying that's not going well like really being specific Hey, I'm having a problem with the fact that you're showing up late to this particular meeting 
because it makes everyone else late. Right. right. So just going straight at the issue and not um, kind of sidestepping or bouncing around, tiptoeing around what the issue so could good. be, but just going straight at it and not making sure that the emotion isn't there. It's not emotional. It's just this is the action or this is the item that I think you could work on and going straight at the the things that you see. So I good. think one of the most disrespectful things is to talk about that problem or that issue with other people instead of having the courage to talk about it with the person that can actually change the action. So good. So good. So the courage to be honest with one another and especially one-on-one to call out yeah, that I mean to call out specific actions and specific things that are hurting team performance with people individually and also to I think to to call out and look within and correct and talk about how I'm working to correct uh, whatever shortcoming it may be within myself. You know, I had a conversation uh, with a friend who who was obviously frustrated with me and um, and and it was you know it was was not awesome and 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 I'd prefer to not have be, be in that space. But at the same time, what I love is that uh, she she gave me two to three pointed actionable things that that really allowed me to have the opportunity to to build trust and and to to restore trust and and one of those was i can be late i can i can i I can lose track of time and i can show up late when there's a, a, a big team of people at something or a lot of calendars are relying on a specific time and and I, I might be late and you know in my mind what I'm doing mattered uh, and might be important but at the same time what I what I had to be conscious of is that the message that I'm sending is that something is more important than me showing up on time the second thing that was brought to my attention and this is not it's been brought to my attention in, in multiple cases by people who have courage to tell me how I can improve and um, is that the ability for me to be empathetic and and to really not try to quickly solve the issue that's brought to me, but to understand it and to 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 really show that I'm listening. Um, my mind can move too fast to the solve stage, and and what is what is heard is love, and and so when love diminishes, trust diminishes, and and it slows things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's especially hard when it comes more to like family relationships or volunteer relationships, right? You're working yeah. with volunteers. You're not necessarily working with team members of people that report to you right? or that, you know, you have leadership over. You're really just working with a group of people and everyone's a volunteer. How do you continue to have that same integrity, personal integrity to say, I see something off here and I'm going to have the courage to talk to somebody about it, even though it's going to be a hard conversation. Well, and those are the greatest examples to me of, of the necessity to, for the speed of trust. Um, you, you know, corporate, some of the greatest corporations are run this way too. And businesses are run this way, which is, which is more of a partnership and more of a all for one and one for all. We're all in this, in this together. Um, and, and, and in corporate world, it seems it can get more, um, you know, doggy dog or whatever, 
uh, unfortunately, because I think some of the most high-performing organizations do it the same way a family would, and and um, and so how do we how do we persist in this process of of finding trust and 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 really being willing to take it on the chin? I mean, I think that I really see that as the toughest thing because nobody likes to get punched in the mouth, you know, not physically, but I mean. You know, like nobody likes to or physically. Yeah. Or they're certainly not <laughs> physically, but, you know, nobody, nobody likes that. But I, I think this this kind of cliche or whatever that I've come up with on this is like it's supposed to be hard, like it's supposed to be hard. And and if I have this belief system that it's going to be challenging, it's you know, expect the unexpected. I, I can have a lot easier time. Um, leaning into to this area it's it's ironic because I think for me I it's easy to expect speed from others and yet I can be probably less deliverant on it than my expectation can be and so one of the things I I have to I have to work on is is having the balance of the dissonance or not even the balance, but try to close the difference in that gap because I, I believe that that, that can cause uh, friction and, and things to slow down as well. Yeah, definitely. So what else would you like to say on the speed of trust other than people get killed asking why? <laughs> I think, again, like turning it back around to yourself. I'm thinking right now of we've got some leadership changes at my company and I, I don't have time to build trust with my new leader because I need to get stuff done. And so I don't have time to wait and see whether or not he's going to trust me. I just need to know that he was hired for a reason. I need to just go straight into trusting him. And so I think that takes courage from team members to just go jump straight into the, I'm going to trust that this new leader was hired for the right reasons and was hired for a reason. And Jump straight into action. And I think that's what I need to do because there's a lot to get done and I want to do a good job. And, and what you're talking about wins. Okay. Like, like it's, it's that, that is so good because the, the theory is that, that that way of thinking, that, I, that way of doing things might be a little careless in terms of self-preservation or safety. But the reality of it is, is that culture of doing that wins. I just watched a football game, right, not long ago where – the New England Patriots, uh, who have a motto of do your job, do your job. That's the motto. And, and they all believe in one another to do their jobs. And it's inherent in the culture and when, when you're around it. And nobody likes it in Seattle, okay, because, because of that wins. And, and it consistently gives them the best opportunity to win. And so what you're doing is, is so awesome to me in a sense that it's it's giving your organization the best chance to win amidst changes and and they they can shuffle personnel in and out and change is inevitable and if we remember that change is going to happen we can either complain about it or we can roll with it and learn from it and grow with it and rolling with it is, is 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 a form of the speed of trust Rolling with it is the form of the speed of trust. And, and to Adrian's point, totally agree. Expect the unexpected. The only constant, the only guarantee is change. 
let's say guarantee change and death and taxes <laughs> and taxes. Yeah. I mean, those are those are our four, <laughs> those are our, those are our guarantees. And so, you know, just to wrap this up, um, speed kills always, and and the fast. It, you know, the, the question in a, a good lo- way, in a good way. And a lot of the, the questions that I've heard and the probably the best cliche or idea that I've heard is this. Be scared. Do it anyway. Will anybody die? OK, let's go. Like like you, it's not saying be reckless with our health, safety and welfare. I'm not saying that at all. So 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 ask ourselves the questions of health, safety and welfare physically but man, in the world of learning and growing and getting down the field organizationally, if we lean to just trust one another, if we lean to just take the action and review the results, if we learn to look within and see how can I be more trusting, mm-hmm. how can I be more clear, how can I have those conversations with people to let them know. You know, I know every time, that, and I've had this happen multiple times in my career, and people uh, who are on our team listening to this podcast can relate. When I sit with somebody and we cry, and I, I don't cry often, but I cry in this area where... He's cried more often since he became a daddy. I have. <laughs> but I really cry in this area of, man, we, are, we have the same vision and the same goal and the same mission, but how can we be more clear with one another so that we can lovingly understand where each other are coming from and get after it. And I will tell you, every time that has occurred, amazing results are on the other side. But who really wants to sit at a Starbucks or in a conference room or in an office and wake up that morning and go, hey, you know what, I'm hoping I can cry today. But that's what it takes to build this level of trust is the willingness to to dive in like Adrian said and have the courage to be honest first with myself and then with our team and then with our leadership and anybody involved to be honest with it, with ourselves and, and to, to not, I would say the last thing is to not take it personally. And that's often the story. The story comes in when we attach personal meaning to the actions of others or the inaction of others. And yeah. that, that's, that, that will only come as a process, right? It only comes over time, and it only comes through an awareness and a journey of the possibility. But I just encourage us to look into to, to ways in which we can, we can fly down the field first at home and then in our communities and then in our, in our workplace if we're, if we're in our workplace. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap that up. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the idea of learning to operate at the speed of trust. Know that it's a process. It's not an, uh, an overnight matter. And, and just just working toward uh, ourselves and our teams being better, that'll be great. So so what am I loving? I am loving that the I'll golf right course, back. the golf course is thawing out. And, and Ollie is loving the process as well. But that the golf course is, is thawing out. Love the process. And Daddy can, Daddy can go ahead and play some golf. And uh, love the and that's pretty fun and enjoyable. Uh, love the what I'm learning is that discipline and consistency the is the key. I've always known that uh, inherently the last probably decade or so, 
but discipline and consistency. And, and so that's what we continue to try to do as we build this community is just stay consistent and continue to, to, to put the best foot forward we can to try to help everyone uh, to, to love the process of becoming great. My kid's quote is, uh, if you can hear it, my kid's quote is this. You, you want to give the kids quote, Ollie? Come here. What's the pocket? What's the pocket? What's the pocket? What's the pocket? That's the kids' quote of the week. Uh, the the second kids' quote of the week is is Malibu likes to li- often say, um, "Daddy, can we have a meeting?" And uh, "Daddy, can we have a meeting?" really means she wants to talk to me about things that are on her heart and are on her mind. And and I sure love I love it when when she asks me that. And sometimes she's like, "Oh, I don't know. Can I ask you, Daddy? Can we have a meeting?" And uh, every time I, I say yes and I, I get excited. Uh, the quote I've got comes from a guy named Patrick Lencioni, who is, is one of the best organizational experts that I've seen in, in the speed of trust and the ability for teams to, to win. He wrote a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which I highly recommend if you have a team that you go, man, we have some trust issues. We don't recognize the speed of trust in our, our organization. It's called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It's, one, it's in a story form, and it's awesome. Anyway, uh, Patrick Lencioni said this, if you could get all the people in an organization rowing in the same direction, you could dominate any industry in any market against any competition at any time. I love that. So let's get on the same page with our teams. Let's execute. Let's get after it, and let's continue to love the process. Thanks so much for being with us. Special thanks to our production crew, Fireland Filmworks, and our photographer, the Morgan Taylor. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, share, comment, and follow along on our journey of loving the process. Let's go!